Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. So if we start from the very beginning of the story of the Bible, right? The very beginning, there was nothing but water. It says that there's water and abyss and chaos, right? And the Spirit of God hovers over the water, and then God begins to create. And God creates order out of the chaos that had existed prior to. And God makes light, and God makes darkness, and day, and night, and God makes land, and sea, and sky, and everything below the sky, and God makes birds, and God makes fish, and God makes animals, and then God makes human beings. And what does God say when God makes human beings? How is God going to form human beings? Do you remember? Out of his image, right? God says, let us make something in our image. So it's talking about the the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us make human beings in our image. And then what does God say about these human beings? What does he call them? Good, right? He says that they're a good creation, a very good creation. And then we know that God places human beings in the garden, and it's a beautiful oasis, a utopia of sorts, kind of like Zootopia, where everything is peaceful and wonderful, and everyone lives together in harmony and unity. And then what happens? So then there's a serpent, right? And the serpent convinces Adam and Eve to eat a fruit, right? A forbidden fruit from a tree that is of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And that's how sin enters into the world. And really sin is us placing ourselves as God, right? That we want to have the same knowledge of God. And so that beautiful order that God had made taking the chaos and creating order and making beauty and making unity and equality and all these wonderful things, it fell away when human beings ate that fruit. Because then human beings had to kind of figure out for themselves what was good and what was not good because they decided they wanted that knowledge. And as a result, human beings started creating their own order, right? They started deciding what and who was more important and more valuable than other people or things. And we're going to focus in this sermon series on our desire to create an order of people, right? An order of people that says that these people are the most important, the most valuable, the most worthy, the most fill in the blank, and these people are less than in some way, shape, or form. And we've done that in all different kinds of ways, right? When we look out at our world, we see all of the labels that we've made. We've decided that, you know, adults are sometimes more important than kids, or we've decided that people who are able to do sports and things are less important or more important than people who have disabilities or we say that people of certain skin colors are more important than others or we say that people from certain countries are more important than others or people with different languages are more important than others and we have categorized ourselves in all of these crazy ways that have nothing to do with the order that God created. 
And so we're going to talk about what it means to be people who help to get ourselves back to that order that originally existed when God created the world. And how we can take our part in making the kingdom come, like we pray every Sunday, like we just did in the Lord's Prayer, right? And so we're going to do this based on this silly movie Zootopia that you all watched, right? Did you all watch it last week? You enjoyed your snacks? Yeah? Okay. I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. But most of us got to watch the movie, and maybe you'd seen it before, right? And in the movie, you see that there are kind of two groups of animals, right? What are the two groups of animals? Predators and prey, right? And they, you see how these two anim, groups of animals kind of interact with each other, and sometimes they judge one another, or they make assumptions about one another, or, and even though they're living in this kind of utopia, this very wonderful creation of where all of the different animals with all of the different environments can all kind of be together, there still is this mentality of certain animals being more important or having different traits than other ones, right? And so today we're going to talk about stereotypes. Have you heard that word before? Okay, who can tell me, give me a definition of what a stereotype is? Yeah. All right, did everybody hear that? Categorizing someone based on where they come from, where they, they look like, and how they act. Any other descriptions you would add? A type of stereo, okay. And how people sound, that's another cat thing that we can categorize people at. Yeah, so a stereotype, go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of putting people into groups. You want to kind of put them into labels, categorize people. Um, and stereotypes are an overgeneralization of a group of people. So if I meet... Um, four people from the children's home, and all four of those people like playing basketball, then I would be stereotyping children at the children's home if I said, all kids at the children's home like playing basketball. Is that true? No. It's true of the four people I met, but is it true of every single child who's ever going to come into the children's home? No. So that's what a stereotype is. It takes something, sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not, but it just takes one bit of information and applies it to everybody who looks like that one person or thing that you got that information from. Does that make sense? So when you're watching the movie, Zootopia, what were some of the stereotypes that you saw in the movie? Can you raise your hand and tell me what some of those stereotypes were? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, so they had the different categories, the different environments. That makes sense, but yes. Sloths are slow. Sloths are slow, okay. That was maybe a stereotype. Yes. Okay, so all the hamsters kind of herd together and follow in the different directions. What other stereotypes? Yes. Okay, so when predators went savage, it was kind of like, well, it's in the biology of the predators that all predators are savage and going to eat other creatures or be um, dangerous. Yes. All foxes are bad. Yes. Yeah. 
Rabbits need to farm carrots. That's all that, they've had that rabbits can do. Okay, so you're getting the point that there's all these different stereotypes that were kind of being perpetuated, continued in the movie. And maybe you don't realize this, but some stereotypes even exist in Scripture in the Bible. And you can see examples of how people, even in the Bible, were stereotyping certain groups of people. Like, for example, when Jesus started going around and doing his ministry, a lot of people were saying, well, when people were talking about how he's this really great teacher and healer and all this kind of stuff, well, some people were saying, well, what good could come from Nazareth? Because Jesus was from a town called Nazareth. And some people must have had some judgments about that town that nothing good happens there. So they'd say, like, well, what good could come from Nazareth? Jesus couldn't really be that good because he comes from that place. Or Ruth, who was from Moab, and she was um, kind of stereotyped as being a promiscuous, inappropriate kind of girl, like one of those girls, right? And you kind of emphasize the those girls. And she was stereotyped as being one of those girls when she went into a new country. And so everybody was like, well, don't hang out with her because she's one of those girls because she's a Moabite. And you think about another example would be David, King David, who became a king. That was the, he was the king the only time that the kingdom of Israel was one kingdom instead of split up all over the place. And when they were coming to find who the new king was going to be, who God had ordained to become the new king, they went up and he had 11 brothers and they all looked at all the brothers and they assumed that it was going to be one of the oldest, strongest guys that was going to be the next king. But instead they found David, who was the smallest and the youngest. Right? So there's a stereotype of assuming that a king is going to be like the oldest or the most responsible or the, you know, the strongest kind of person. Or if you look in the Bible, there's a lot of disagreements between the Jewish people and the Samaritan people, right? And it was all about those Samaritans, they don't, aren't really truly people of faith because they believe a different thing about where we worship, and so we don't associate with them because they don't really understand God. Or the Gentiles, when they were Jews and Gentiles, they're two different groups of people, and Gentiles are anybody who didn't believe in the same God we did, so they can't possibly be of God, right? Because they don't believe in the same God that we do. So you see in the Bible, there's even stereotypes, people trying to categorize people because even from the very beginning, right, we're trying to create this order of who is important and who is not. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. Under your chair, you have your Bible, your red Bible that we normally keep under there. And if you look on it, there should be a sticky note, uh, like yellow rectangular sticky note. I'm going to ask you to think for a minute about whether or not you've ever been stereotyped. Has someone ever made a comment to you that was an overgeneralization assumption based on the fact that you're a girl, that you're a boy, that you are black, that you are white, that you are Hispanic, that you are um, a Christian, that you, whatever, a foster kid? And take the pens that are in your offering buckets, pass those around, and I want you to write down a stereotype that someone has said about you. It can just be the word, like they could assume that you're lazy or bad or, you know, just that word. Um, but go ahead and write that down. And, huh? No, you don't write the name of the person that said it. Just write down what the statement was. And then I want you to watch this video of one of the characters and how he experienced stereotypes when he was a kid. Never let them see that they get to you. So, things do get to you? 
Uh, I mean, not, not anymore, but I was small and emotionally unbalanced like you once. Har, har. No, it's true. I think I was eight or maybe nine, and all I wanted to do was join the Junior Ranger Scouts. So my mom scraped together enough money to buy me a brand new uniform because, by God, I was going to fit in, even if I was the only predator in the troop, the only fox. Okay, Nick. I was going to be part of a pack. Ready for initiation? Yeah. Pretty much born ready. I was so proud. Okay, now raise your right paw and deliver the oath. I, Nicholas Wilde, promise to be brave, loyal, helpful, and trustworthy. Even though you're a fox. What? Oh, oh. No, no! What did I do wrong, you guys? No! Please tell me what did I do wrong! What did I do? If you thought we would ever trust a fox without a muzzle, you're even dumber than you look. two things that day. One, I was never going to let anyone see that they got to me. And two? If the world's only going to see a fox as shifty and untrustworthy, there's no point in trying to be anything else. Nick, you are so much more than that. So as you look at what you wrote down on that piece of paper, you don't have to say anything out loud. But as you look at that, does what you wrote down describe who you are as a person? No. No? Not entirely. Not entirely. So, right, this is the problem with stereotypes, right? Is they take one thing, whether it's true or not, sometimes it might be true, right? Um, and it makes your entire identity that. And it lumps anybody else who's similar to you in any kind of way into that, right? And it robs people of their complexity, it robs people of their true self, it robs people of that image of God that God made them to be, right? And it just narrows the view. And the other danger of using stereotypes or making those kinds of comments is that stereotypes can quickly become prejudice, and we're going to learn some vocabulary here. So stereotypes are these overgeneralized statements that all kids at the children's home play basketball, right? And then you get to prejudice where that becomes something that people believe. It becomes a belief. It becomes an attitude. It becomes a way that they see people in the world. So now everyone who ever comes to the children's home is going to say, oh, y'all like to play basketball, right? And it becomes something that they believe to be true. So every person that they meet from the children's home, they are going to say, oh, what, team, what position do you play? And you'd be like, what? Well, because you play basketball, right? And then it becomes discrimination when people act on those beliefs, right? Well, you can't play football because you play basketball because you're a fumsh kid, right? And so it's, it, it's a baby step to these actions. And we see how that happens in the story of Nick, right? That people 
maybe met a fox. I'm going to blame it on Swiper from Dora the Explorer, right? And he's Swiper no swiping, and he's sneaky, and he takes all the things. And so now all foxes must be sneaky and thrifty and, and untrustworthy, right? And so now every fox that you ever meet is untrustworthy. And so they took this stereotype of foxes must be untrustworthy, and it became something that people truly started to believe and looked for evidence to find to be able to prove that, you know, foxes are untrustworthy. And then it leads to the actions of these children, right? Where when it comes time for Nick to join their scout group, they say, no, you can't join us because we can't trust you, even though you're taking the oath that says that you'll be trustworthy. You can't possibly be trustworthy because you're a fox. So you see how that happens? And so it's important for us as people to recognize that some silly little comment or overgeneralization or joke can quickly become the, to the point where it becomes a belief and then people act on it. And then we have people in our world who are not being treated equally because of one overgeneralization that happened. And this is not, obviously, what God intended, right? Because God made all of us unique. And when it says that we're going to make God in, God was going to make us in his image, that means that each of us bear the image of God. Each of us are a unique creation that carries part of God within us. And so when we overgeneralize and we stereotype people and we discriminate people against people and we create this hierarchy, this order that is not of God, we are dampening, we are dimming God's light here in the world because we're not acknowledging the giftedness of each person around us. We're not allowing people to show us who they are. We're just assuming who they are before they even have a chance to build a relationship with us. And that is sin, friends. Because that's not what God intended for all of us. And so we need to be people who seek to know others to allow them to teach us who they are, right? Rather than walking in and making judgments about other people based on the color of their skin, where they live, how much money they have, how old they are, what language they speak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Because in this story, we see that Nick is considered untrustworthy. He's considered sly and cunning. But throughout the movie, we also get to experience how Nick is a gifted detective, even though he doesn't have the badge and the official, you know, job, right? We see how his knowledge and his skills and gifts are helpful to uncovering the truth about what's really happening with all of the predators in Zootopia. But if Judy had continued to act on her initial assumptions about Nick, we never would have seen that, right? Because at the very beginning, Judy has these stereotypes and this prejudice and this discrimination. She carries around fox spray, remember? It's like pepper spray. So she's been taught from a very young age not to trust the fox. But through her experience in building a relationship with him, she sees that that is not truly who he is. And the same is true about you and me. Many of us have been stereotyped, and it doesn't feel good, right? Especially if it's a judgment or where it's a negative thing. And so when we are interacting with people in the world and we're loving our neighbors the way God calls us to, 
We're not called to judge them. We're called to encounter and meet them where they are. Because Jesus ate and hung out with people that everybody else said, well, you don't want to hang out with them because fill in the blank, right? The truth about God is if we create an order and we place people at the top and people at the bottom, God is always going to hang out with the people that we say are at the bottom. And we see that in those stereotypes that we talked about earlier, right? That Jesus of Nazareth, where people are thinking no, no good can come from Nazareth. Well, hello, have you heard about Jesus? Kind of, kind of a big deal, right? Ruth the Moabite, who could have been just you know, cast off to the side as the Moabite, the, the woman who is promiscuous and not appropriate. Well, she actually cares for her mother-in-law and ensures and travels with her mother-in-law to a new country that she doesn't have to go to if she didn't want to, to make sure that her mother-in-law has food and safety and protection. King David becomes the king over the whole kingdom, right? And it's the only time where the kingdom's united. He, he you know, is successful against Goliath. But if someone had just said, well, he's the smallest and the youngest of them, so he can't be king, then what would have happened? The Samaritan is the one who stops and cares for the man who's on the side of the road who's about dead, right? All of the super righteous people that we would think of as most important, they walk right by. The Gentiles, we read a story not that long ago about the Gentile centurion who comes and says, I need you to heal my slave, right? But he's far away and I believe that you can do it even if you don't come into my house. He is, Jesus tells us that he has more faith than any of the Jewish people. So you see how all the people that we would label as less than are not as important. God uses all the time to teach us what it means to have faith and to be faithful. And so it shows us over and over again that this order that we've created is not real or helpful or good. And instead of it being a hierarchy, it needs to be a horizontal plane, right? Where all are equal and seen as valuable in the eyes of God because each and every one of us bears the image of God. You know why it's a sin in the Ten Commandments to like create a statue and worship it as God? Why we're not supposed to create images of God? It's a sin because we are already that image. And every person you meet is already that image. We don't need any more images of God. We look around this room and we see 50 beautiful images of God. And each one of you has something to teach me and to teach each other about who God is. And so when we stereotype and when we spread lies, when we discriminate against other people, we are dampening, we are dimming the image of God. And I don't know about you, but that just doesn't sound very good to me. I want each of you to be able to shine your light as bright as the world needs it. And I want each of you to be appreciated for the unique creation that God made you to be. Because you have something to teach me about God. Amen? Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. And